Hello and welcome to Fighting Tengu. I'm Stephen Milton. And I'm Batman O'Brien. This podcast explores how to deal with the daily difficulties of life and supporting our mental health using techniques, strategies and life lessons of our martial arts. Join us on this quest as we speak openly about our own challenges and adversities and talk to others about how practicing martial arts has helped reframe our lives in a more positive and meaningful way. Today, I wanted to ask you about anger. Anger, yes. It's very natural. It is. Normal part of human experience. How does it, how does it fit into training, into the dojo? Well, there's a wonderful article by Dave Lowry called The Luxury of Anger that I would commend everyone to read. It's, it's fantastic. It's found in a compendium of his essays called Autumn Lightning. And in it, he talks about losing his temper with himself in the dojo and his sensei disarms him and nearly wrenches his wrists off and quietly sidles up to him and says, anger is a luxury you cannot afford. And it's just this very dramatic, very cool moment. But what we see in the dojo when we're practicing um, Yaido, Jodo, Kendo, any martial art really, is you are dealing with weapons that at a moment's notice can kill. And we are using heavy oak weapons, Bakken, and, uh, which is a wooden sword, a Joe, which is a four-fold wooden staff. We're using, you know, Iaito, which are dull aluminium cutting blades, but they can still kill because they have pointy tips. Or Shinken, which are live cutting blades and, and you know, three-foot razor blades, and they're very scary. And if you allow yourself to get angry in a dojo, either you or someone that you care for um, is going to get very badly hurt or possibly killed. And luxury is inherently a self-indulgent emotion within a dojo setting. When you get angry or you get frustrated or you get irritated um, or you experience rage, all of that is a loss of control. It's a loss of balance. It's a loss of equilibrium. It creates tunnel vision. It creates self-focus. Why didn't I do that movement correctly? Why can't I do this correctly? The inner critic just goes into overdrive. Um, why are these people not letting me do what I want to do? Why is this sensei not paying attention to me? Why is this sensei paying too much attention to me? Ah! But it's all very focused on the self. And the minute you focus in on yourself, then you have stopped focusing on the other person. You've stopped communicating. And the martial arts that we practice are all about communication. You're engaging with somebody through weapons through unarmed disciplines through the medium and communication form of combat to have a conversation and when you get angry you stop that conversation you focus entirely on yourself so you can't read the other person you can't respond to what they're doing in that environment at that time correctly or accurately and as a result you die now in a dojo setting hopefully it's safe in the battlefield where these arts are designed for that they're practiced on that anger will cost you your life. If you take the eye to yourself and away from what's happening, 
that's going to be a very, very bad situation. So a big part of the martial arts that we practice is learning to regulate and deal with anger as a useful part of your life. It's not something that you deny. And this is one of the, the popular misunderstandings I think we have about anger in Western culture and in Western society. We're raised to suppress our anger. We're raised to deny our anger. And this leads to a huge amount of internal frustration and pressure building up. And in Eastern medicine, they refer to that as liver cheese stagnation and liver fire blazing. And we'll come back to why that is in a moment. But anger in and of itself is not a bad thing, as you said at the start. It's just an emotion. And in fact, it can be a very useful emotion. It can generate huge amounts of force. It creates momentum. It creates movement. You get things done because of anger. Um, one of the things I often tell my patients is that I'm an incredibly angry man. And they're usually quite shocked by this because I seem to be an incredibly placid, doughy, monk-like yeah. figure. Easy going and, and Super quite pleasant to, to talk to and everything. Yeah, that's oh, right. Thank you. And, yeah, um, but no, I, I'm, an, I'm an incredibly, incredibly angry man. I'm, it's my dominant emotion. It's just anger. And part of my work in the martial arts and the work I've done on myself is to control and regulate that anger and to make it fuel to generate incredible action. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons I focus on reproductive health and fertility is because I am angry that there are people out there who are incredibly deserving, incredibly loving parents to be who are facing this struggle and that angers me i don't like it i don't want it to be that way and i will change it and i am arrogant enough to believe that i can um and i focus on the benefits that anger brings with it and i learned that through the martial arts and what's interesting in the martial arts is they have a system of strategy called Gyoho, which is five element strategy. And this is the exact same five elements that is found in Musashi's book of five rings, which is a treatise on his strategy of his martial art. It's found in his Kamai, the five Kamai, Chudan, Jodan, Gedan, Hadari, and Migi, Wakigamai. And this is found in Eastern medicine within the five elements. It's all the same thing. And when we look at the five element understanding of this, this is derived from Taoism, right? And the Japanese medical system is derived from the Chinese medical system. And Japanese strategic thought is derived from Chinese strategic thought. And the Chinese classics, your Sun Tzu and all of that. And they have refined that understanding within the martial arts, which are intimately connected with medicine. Um, and within that, the five element theory, basically within the human body, every organ 
has a relationship to a specific observable element of nature. So, very easy example, the kidneys and the bladder would be associated with the water element. Why? Because we use them to make water. That's an old expression for going to the bathroom for those that weren't born, you know, 200 years ago. Um, and the stomach and the spleen is associated with the earth element. And the reason for this is very simple. Where do you get your food from? You get it from the earth. You get it from the vegetables that grow on the ground. You get it from the berries that grow on the trees and the bushes that grow from the ground. You get it from the fruits that grow on the trees that are in the ground. You get it from the animals that graze on the things on the ground. You get it from the fish that eat the plankton that's technically on the ground but under the water. It's all from the earth. And within Eastern medicine, the wood element is associated with the liver. And the liver is associated with the emotion of anger. Now, that sounds weird. Let me explain. So, the Eastern systems have retained information that we knew in the West, but at some point we forgot. So, I would draw your attention to February 14th, Valentine's Day, a day of joy and love and happiness where we all turn into serial killers and start drawing human organs everywhere. We draw the heart, don't we? And we associate the heart, a human organ, with a mental emotional representation. Joy and love and happiness. And when the heart is broken, we feel sad. So, even in our own Western culture, we have an understanding that an organ has a mental emotional representation. The mental emotional representation of the liver is anger, stress, frustration, irritation. And that might sound odd, but I would ask you to think back to you know the 1960s, 1940s, think back to shows like Mad Men and someone comes into the office, they're in a bad mood, and they might be like, my God, Johnson's awful liverish today, isn't he? Oh, my word. Or, if we were angry ourselves, you might say, I'm livid about this situation. Absolutely livid. All references to the liver. If we are insulted, we might say, this is galling. I won't stand for this. Right? A reference to the gallbladder, which is connected to the liver. Um, and of course, the best example of all, Shakespeare. When he wrote about poison pen letters, he said they were written with bile and vitriol. Bile obviously secreted by the liver and the gallbladder into the digestive tract to break down and emulsify your fat. So there's this big connection with it. But perhaps my favorite example of this in modern culture is the Incredible Hulk. Okay? The Hulk is a big, green, angry monster, right? And the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets and the greener he gets, right? He's a big, green, angry machine. And in five-element theory, the liver, the organ of anger, is associated with the color green. And the reason for this is because it is the wood element. Now, the association between the liver and the wood might not make a lot of sense, but it does. And it is because of the nature of wood. So, if you picture a tree, strong trunk, 
and its roots break down into the earth and they seek out and spread out and stretch, seeking, searching for water to feed it, for metals to nourish it. It's expanding downwards and spreading out. Likewise, the top of the tree, the branches spread out, searching, yearning for the sun, the fire to nourish it, spreading upwards and outwards into this beautiful green cascade. This is how anger spreads. It roots down and spreads downwards, and it also blossoms and spreads upwards. And this analogy of a tree and its roots and its branches also serves to indicate the nature of anger within the Eastern medical understanding of it that we see in the dojo. So, generally, all anger in Eastern medicine, and anger is, by the way, on a continuum. It's a spectrum, right? At the low end, you have mild irritation, okay? At the other end of that spectrum, you have absolute blazing rage. And there's a lot of emotions on that spectrum in between, you know? You've got your frustration, you got your irritation, you got your grumpiness, you got your passive aggressiveness, you got your open aggressiveness, you got your shouting, you got your brooding, you got you got a lot of things going on in that spectrum. And that anger and that frustration is generally caused by two actions, right? either a fear or denial of something you wanted. And that's the way it is in Eastern medicine because of the other two elements either side of the wood element. So above the wood is the fire element, the heart, passion, joy, desire, all of these things, okay? A need for love, a need for acceptance, all of that. And beneath the wood, the roots, is the water element associated with the kidneys and the bladder, which is associated with fear. The reason why it's associated with fear, very simple. Uh, what happens when children are scared when they're young? They wet the bed, right? Um, so there's a strong correlation between the kidneys and the bladder and fear. Obviously, from Western medical point of view, we understand that that's associated with adrenaline. So the mother of the wood in Eastern medicine, and what we call a generating cycle, is the water element, is fear. Fear generates anger. So a good example of this is someone cuts you off in traffic. They nearly kill you. What do you do? You scream, you bloody idiot, you nearly killed me. Because you're afraid. You nearly died. That was really stupid. And we shout in anger because that fear has generated that and then the other one is what you're reaching and yearning towards the branches reaching up to the sky to the sun to that giant blazing fire and the denial of what it is that you want so i want to do x well you can't i want more ice cream you can't have that ice cream what do you do? You throw yourself in the ground and start beating the ground, going, yeah, I want the ice cream. We've all been there. Granted, most of us were there too. 
that was me yesterday in the shopping center, but that's not important. Um, and this is the understanding of anger from that Eastern point of view, that analogy of the tree. So it's fed by fear and it's also triggered by a denial of what you want. So how that then moves through the other elements is also really, really interesting because it gives you an answer and a strategy to deal with your anger. And then we see this again, represented in the dojo. We train on wooden floors. We use wooden weapons. We are surrounded by the liver element. We are surrounded by the element associated with anger. And we learn to control those weapons. The hilt of a sword is made from wood. The saya, the sheath that we put the sword into is made from wood. We are using our anger to control. It is super cool. And that's one of the big elements that underlies all of the Japanese martial arts is controlling and understanding your own anger. Because we don't want to deny our anger because it gives us energy. It gives us movement just like that tree grows and moves upwards. It is inevitable. It has to strive upwards for the sun. It has to spread its branches. It has to move outwards. It has to get thicker and bigger and move. And movement is key to understanding our anger and the liver. And anger moves. Just like that tree spreads its branches, anger moves. So if you look at the other elements and how anger might move into them, it gives you a very good understanding of where your own anger might be. And then it gives you an answer using martial strategy in how to solve that. So, if the anger of the liver moves into the heart, you're going to be experiencing rage. You're going to be experiencing recrimination. You're going to be experiencing bitterness. This is the type of anger from a broken heart. Right? You find out your significant other is cheating on you. Oh my God, you're in a blind rage. You're tearing you know, his clothes apart. You're, you're burning her iPhone. You're destroying these. It's violent, rageful acts. This is obviously an extreme example, but you know, we've all seen television. Um, and that is that type of anger. right? If the anger of the liver moves and attacks the stomach and the spleen. It is the anger from a lack of connection. It is the anger from not being listened to. It is the frustration that every mother feels. Just going, I have all the answers. Why won't they listen to me? Why won't they just do what I tell them? Why won't they just do what I tell them? It's that, that anger and frustration of not being listened to. You go into work and you've this great presentation and your boss just shoots it down. And they just, they don't want to hear your ideas. They don't want to hear your pitch. They just don't care. And that anger, that frustration, that is where the liver has moved in and attacked the stomach and the spleen, where the liver has invaded the earth, where the wood has overtaken the earth. If the anger moves into the lungs and the large intestine, this is the metal element. This is a very cold, cutting anger like metal, 
cold and cutting. This is ruthless. This is the type of anger we feel, for instance, in grief and loss, which we've talked on other podcasts. It can be emphasized by that whole, like, why did they leave me when someone has passed? Or it can be that absolutely cold-cutting recrimination, that cruel, harsh comeback. That is when you know you're in the anger of the lungs and the large intestine. The anger moving into the kidneys, attacking its own mother, is that generated from fear. We've already seen that. The example of being cut off in traffic and screaming at that bad driver. Or, you know, the yelling at a child when you see them running around with a scissors or, you know, touching an open flame. It's that sharp, very strong burst of anger because you're terrified that they're going to hurt themselves or hurt you. That It's that type of anger. And I've gone around in a circle there. I've gone from heart to stomach and spleen to lungs and large intestine to kidneys and bladder, back into the liver, gallbladder, back up into the heart and pericardium. And what I'm doing is I'm going around in what we call the generating cycle. Okay. And the generating cycle is a part of Eastern medical strategy and martial strategy. And the basic understanding of this is, again, it's observable in, in nature. Um, so let's say you've got our wood element and you burn that in fire. What do you get? You get ash, you get earth, you get carbon, right? So there's your earth element, okay? So we go from wood to fire, fire to earth. Earth, what do we find in the earth? We find precious metals. We find gold, we find silver, we find iron, we find copper, we find zinc. All of these precious metals are found in the earth. Now, what's really interesting is earth and the metals contained within it. Metal attracts water, weirdly enough. This is why you find gold in streams. Um, and that generates the water element. And what does the water element nourish? It nourishes the plants and the trees and the wood. So, and then that gets burnt to create the fire. Then we create the earth and it whole goes around. So you can see how each one generates the next. Okay. We then have what we call a controlling cycle. Where each element is controlled and regulated by a different element on that cycle. So... If the generating cycle moves in a clockwise circle, the controlling sequence moves in a five-pointed star. And we'll have images of this on the website to explain it a little bit more easily. But essentially, if you have, let's say a flood. What's the best way to stop a flood? Sandbanks. Yeah. Right? Yep. So you use the earth element to control water. Okay. What do you use to put out a fire? You use water. So you use the water element to control fire. Okay. So an example of this in terms of real world, um, you are dealing with an insane 
relationship problem and you don't want to ever make ultimatums. This is not relationship advice. Go to my wife for that. She is my social sensei. She has explained all of these things to me. But one of the ways of controlling someone's rage and emotion in that sense, if that fire is blazing, douse it with fire. It's just like, if you keep acting this way, I'm going to walk out the door and I'm going to leave you. Things de-escalate. Okay, look, okay, I was out of line, whatever. And people start backing down. You can control that fire through presenting fear of what it is that they are going to lose. In the same way, you can regulate fear with sensibility, with logic, with calm reason, by talking something out. And that is the stomach and the spleen. That's the thinking process of the earth. So, okay, you're having a panic attack. You're freaking out. Okay, is this happening right now? No. You can do the grounding exercise that we looked at in previous episodes, the five to one exercise. That is an earth-based grounding exercise. The earth used to soak up the water of fear. Um, then how do you take care of wood? You chop it down with an axe, right? There's your metal element. So you can use the strength of the lungs and the large intestine to control the liver. And that means you've got to eat the right things, obviously, to process them in the large intestine. But also, the lungs are very useful in controlling grief and regulating sadness. So, an easy way to regulate that type of anger, where you're just kind of super frustrated and super is to go, well, what have you lost? What have you lost? You you haven't lost anything here. You've gained. You've learned. So if you're stressed and your inner critic is in overdrive because, you know, the sensei was, you know, not giving you enough feedback or you didn't do a movement correctly or you screwed up a kata or you failed a grading or whatever that might be, when that liver energy is so bound and so tight, the lungs and the large intestine can be used to short circuit that and go, well, okay, so you lost. Okay. Is that a big deal? No, because that's feedback. Now you've got learning. Now you've got information. You faced a challenge and now you know how to deal with that. Now you know how to regulate that. Okay. You didn't do that move correctly, but at least you knew that information. You knew that that wasn't correct, that's understanding, that's experience, that's processing. Now you can take that and you can work on that and give it room to breathe. That is really important. Give it room to breathe. That's the lung element. Give it room to breathe. Because that particular type of self-critical anger is where that anger has been directed inwards, what we call in uh, yin. Um, and that internal anger, because you're finding a, a, a block, something hasn't gone your way, you're not getting what you want. And because your liver is in disharmony, you can't figure out a way around it. If your liver's in harmony, you're fine because 
the wood will just grow around things like a really cool bonsai. It's the weeds that crack through the cement and the pavement. It finds a way. The liver will find a way. If you give it the room to breathe, it will find a way. But if you are imbalanced in the liver, if you can't break through, if you can't find that root around, and that frustration just builds up, how do you solve that? You give it room to breathe. You give them space. And that's, you know, might be a situation where you're feeling worked up. You might be in the middle of an argument and you might go, okay, I actually need to take a couple of breaths here. And as you know, one of my big things is breathing. Everything about chi is breathing. It's all breath work. Ki, prana, it's all breath work. Uh, all of the internal martial arts, all breath work. So, first thing you do when you feel that anger rising, when you feel that liver energy and it's bottling up and it's feeling pressured, open the valve, breathe. Use the lungs, breathe, breathe through it. Take three deep breaths, count to 10. It's cliched, but it works and it works for a reason. Or you might need even more breathing room. You might go, look, I'm going to say something I don't want to say. I'm going to say things I don't mean. I can't deal with this right now. I need to leave the room and I need to step away from this. Give yourself room to breathe. Give those harsh recriminations room to breathe. Let them dissipate in the air. It gives you a moment of calm. And we do this in the dojo all the time. There are moments of activity and then there are moments of quiet where we just let it breathe. We also use the energy of the liver, which is vocalized through shouting. We ki, we scream a lot. We let it out. We use the lungs and our voice to give e excess to allow that energy outwards, to allow that buildup of pressure to move and explode outwards. So screaming is a really, really useful way of dealing with anger. And again, we do this in the dojo all the time. We have a thing, we have a ki, which is a very strong unifying moment of our spirit and our voice. Literally, that's what it means. Ki, spirit, I, voice, ki, it's a spirit shout. And... Don't ever turn around, by the way, when you're ki-eyeing and say ki-eye as your ki-eye. Yeah, don't yeah. don't, don't do that. Thing. Don't yeah. do that. That's yeah. not a thing. Um, I, I've seen so many yeah. like bad American TV shows where yeah. it's just like ki-eye, yeah, yeah, ki yeah, Absolutely. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't say that. Um, but you can express and allow your anger through shouting. Now, that doesn't mean you shout at a person. That's rude. We don't do that. Okay, that's aggressive. That's in a form of an attack. We don't do that unless you're in the dojo and that's required. What I would recommend is you get a pillow, <laughs> you make sure no one's around, yes. and you scream into that pillow. Yes. And that will allow that anger to dissipate. Yep. Um, other ways of dealing with anger, because anger is all about stagnated movement, mm, right? Yeah. It's that energy trying to reach up for what you want and it's the energy of the roots seeping down. So move, 
you need to move in order to process your anger. So that might be, I'm going for a run. That might be, I'm going to lift weights. That might be, actually, you know what? There's a lot to be said for weightlifting for men and women, particularly for women, because it's very good for bone density. Um, but it is really satisfying when you're angry to just lift things yeah. that are very heavy. heavy yeah. It's, it's, it's a great way of processing anger. It's just like, I'm going to lift things. Um, my other version of this, weirdly enough, this is, this is so odd uh, outside of the martial arts. When I'm angry, uh, I will quietly just clean the entire house. Yes. Angry cleaning. Angry cleaning. I did that yesterday. There you go. Yeah. Angry cleaning works. Yeah, angry, oh, it totally works. It totally works. Yeah. Because it's giving you room to breathe. Yeah. It's disconnecting you from the emotional immediacy of what's happening. Yeah. And it's movement. Yeah. So angry cleaning. Fantastic. My house is never cleaner than when I've been annoyed yes. and pissed off. Um, which is fantastic. So movement, big, big part of processing anger. And of course, Movement is what we do in the dojo. We're always using those wooden weapons, those representations of anger, and we're moving. Um, so we have vocalization, we have movement, we have giving yourself space and breathing. But there are benefits, as I say, to anger as well. We don't want to suppress our anger. We want to use our anger to take action. So a lot of people at the moment are very, very angry about a lot of social issues, right? There are multiple wars happening. There are multiple um, acts of violence. There are multiple injustices that are occurring around the world. There are marginalized groups. There are medical conditions. There are environmental conditions. There's a lot to be angry about in the world today. And we are generally raised in Ireland to not represent our anger, to not show our anger, to bottle it down, and it gets pressurized. And if that pressure is not released in a conducive environment, it's going to explode. And we recently had a big riot in Dublin where they set buses on fire and did all sorts of things. Apparently, Foot Locker and Arnett's are just the worst things in Ireland. Yes. We need to defend ourselves yes. from them. Yes. No, it's, it's an awful lot of angry, disaffected young men mm. who had nowhere to literally allow that energy to go so they exploded and literally blew up buses it's not excusing their actions but it goes a long way to understanding why they're doing it yeah. so you can take your anger about many many different things and you can use it as a force of positivity you can move with that anger you can use that as fuel to achieve awesomeness. That might be starting a campaign. That might be starting fundraising. That might be starting an awareness program. That might be doing a social support thing. That might be writing to your senators, congressmen, politicians, TDs. It might be going on a protest march peacefully. It might be volunteering. It might be getting involved in a particular field of medicine because you're angry about the injustices that happen to people. It might be creating art, but do something. If you're angry about it, take action. Because if you don't take action, if you don't take movement, all that's going to happen is that anger is going to be repressed and its pressure is going to build and build and build and build 
until it explodes in a way you cannot control. So you need to vent. You need to release that valve. Talk things through with somebody if you need to. Therapy's great for that. But take some type of action. Move with that anger. There's a brilliant moment in Star Trek Four, which is not no Star Trek Five. Star Trek Five, the one with Cybox, Box Half Brother, and it's 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 panned by a lot of people. But I love that film because it's got the most quirky moment of all time, which is just fantastic, where. Kirk is confronted by God, or what everyone thinks is God, and God is saying all of these things, and then William Shatner, in the most Kirkian moment of all time, turns around and just goes, what does God need with a starship? And at moments he's just like, Jim, you can't say that to the Almighty, and he's like, no, 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 no. What does God need with a starship? Because Jim Kirk is going to absolutely question God's authority on anything. Jim Kirk is awesome. There's a wonderful moment in that that I often think about uh, where Cybok, Spock's half-brother, uses his Vulcan mind metal abilities to cure people's pain, right? He takes away their pain and, you know, he can take away their anger, their bitterness, their sorrow, their hate. He can take these things away and they become these mindless puppets. You know, he's just like, oh, they're in airy fairy la la land. And after doing this with Bones, McCoy, they turn to to Jim and, and he's just like, he can he can take away your pain. He can take away your anger. And Kirk responds, No, I don't want that. I need my pain. I want my pain. Because it is his pain that gives him the drive to do things. It's his anger. That gives him his drive to do things. It's that that makes him Jim Kirk. Um, savior of the goddamn galaxy. And it is our anger at the injustices we see to ourselves and to others that drive us to improve society, that make the world better. And this is, as I say, correctly harnessed anger it allows you to grow straight and true and solid as an oak and to spread outwards and to give that message light but that tree could be warped it could become gnarled it could be consumed by its own anger if it is not given space to grow if it is not given the opportunity to expand and to breathe so you have to figure out ways of harnessing your anger. It's not bad to be angry. It is bad to let that anger fester and pressure internally. And you need ways of expressing that in a healthy and productive manner. And we've given you a couple of suggestions here today. And maybe you'll have some of your own that we haven't covered. And we'd love to hear about that. Um, but fundamentally, at the end of it, what the martial arts has taught me about anger and the strategies for dealing with anger are simple. One, don't try to deny that you're angry. Embrace it. Be angry. It's fine. I'm not going to tell you to not be angry. I'm the angriest person I know. I'm a violent maelstrom of rage. 
But, you know, that's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. Um, but you can control it. You can direct that anger through movement, through your vocalizations, through shouting in appropriate places and at appropriate times, and through giving it space to breathe. And to be aware of the nature of anger. It's not just, I want to kill this guy in front of me. I'm pissed off because my boss shouted at me. I got sexually harassed by that jackass in work. It's not always that evident. Anger can often come from other places and be expressed in different ways through those five elements. But it's going to be one of those five. And maybe it's a mix of those five. But it's going to be a combination therein. And when you understand that, and you can identify that, then you can figure out the best strategy for dealing with that particular type of anger. And in the martial arts, we have particular kamai, we have particular postures that we adopt. Chudan in a middle position, Jodan in an upper position, Geidan in a lower position, Hidari and Waki left and right positions. But these kamai are physical postures, but they're also mental postures. And they're designed to teach you to process and strategize different emotions, different attacks, different frustrations. And so taking that strategy into your real life, if you find yourself stressed and frustrated, I would ask you to ask yourself two questions. One, what is it that I'm afraid of here? And what is it that I want? And when you can identify that openly and honestly, give yourself some space to breathe into it, then you can figure out using the energy of the liver, using your anger to get what it is that you want. And allow that tree to grow around and upwards and reach for that thing that you want. Maybe you need more resources. Maybe you need better education. Maybe you need more training. Maybe you need to be in a different environment. Maybe you need to repot that plant into different soil. Maybe you need to let those roots spread and anchor deeper. Search for more grounding. And that's great. Now you know what to do. Now you know, okay, in these circumstances, I need to go off. I need to get these roots to anchor me down. I need to expand into this area, be it you know, for my financial health, because a huge amount of fear often comes from financial insecurity. And maybe that means you need to be rooted in better education or in a better environment or in a different company uh, or in a different startup or whatever it is that you're doing. But then you'll have clarity. And this is also one of the gifts of the liver. It gives clarity. It gives insight. It gives vision. And it helps to make wise and good decisions. But anger robs you of all of that. Anger prevents you making good decisions. It prevents you seeing the wood for the trees. It prevents you from having that clear vision of what it is that you need to do to get to what you want. So if you can step back from the immediacy of that anger, using the strategies that we've talked about here, and then harness that energy to find a path either by rooting down or 
growing outwards to get what it is that you want or to understand what it is you want and why you want it, then your anger can be used as fuel for greatness. And that is what we learn in the dojo. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm going to put my five cents in. Yeah, please um, go for it. And, and before I talk about strategies that I would use, uh, I would say that a lot of what you're talking about really chimes with how I was, uh, say, trained when I was younger uh, in transpersonal counseling and, and other, other uh, fields and stuff. And so it's, it's brilliant. And, and you saw me, I was going, yay, and my hands were mm. in the air for, for a lot of what you were saying because it's great. And I would say that, that the approach that you're talking about is a very enlightened approach. Um, and I would like to come back to something very fundamental. And that is that people often bleed their, their anger onto others. Mm -hmm. I want to address that because um, I certainly know a few people who, who certain people that can't even express anger, it, it, people I would know, unless they, they sort of uh, bring a conversation around to a fight mm -hmm. in order to get angry. Mm -hmm. So they have to have another person to fight with in order to access the anger that they're feeling. So, um, and, and another thing I would also address is, is how we as humans are not actually responsible for other people's emotions. Mm -hmm. um, I want to address that as well, because, you know, when you're angry and someone says something, often what happens and you feel anger. It often you're you're like mm -hmm. it's your fault and you're this and you know we start seeing the you and the pointing and mm -hmm. and we are, we're seeing a lot of that now we see oh, I, yeah. I see so much of that now and especially online people making very good points mm -hmm. but but they're pointing at the other person and they're angry at the other person and what I would say about that is that yes and uh, somebody has said something and they pushed a big red button in you mm -hmm. you're triggered right but that's your anger. Okay, so it's not the other person. So if you go out and do violence towards them or mm -hmm. you're, you're shouting at them or you're looking for that to get to the root of things, if you're projecting onto the other person, you're going to spend a very long time being unhappy. You know, what you're talking about is, is reaching a point where you understand that this is your stuff and that you have to to find a way around this, right? Absolutely, very um, much so. But before that, I, I think a lot of people have, have not. Um, we've never been taught this. It's no. never been addressed, especially no. in Ireland. Yeah, oh God. You know? no. and, and the other the other thing I want to talk about is passive-aggressive mm. anger, because that's a huge thing in Ireland. Mm. Um, I, would, I would say it's generational. I would say we were uh, occupied for a very long time. Yep. Yeah. And so Which was an act of overt aggression, overt aggression. And, and to deal with that, uh, you couldn't be overtly aggressive to the no. occupier. You would be like tipping the cap going, your lordship, how's it going today? La, 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 la. And then you go into the kitchen and you piss in a soup. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Passive aggressive kind of activities. That's um, so inherent in Irish culture, huge in Irish culture. And I want to address that as well. Like, you know, but the first thing I want to say is when you are angry, difficult as it is to hear as it is to hear this this is your responsibility mm. however you express this anger if it's in a very negative um uh, harmful way it's your responsibility no one no one deserves to be harmed because you are feeling furious that is very very true and touching on that one of the external the yang manifestations of 
anger within the liver is blaming others, literally pointing fingers and saying, you did this. But again, it's a cliche, but it's true. For every finger you have pointing away, you've got three fingers pointing back at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And if you find yourself blaming people for even small little things, you know, you might come in one day and just go to the wife and you're just like, oh my God, you left the tube off the toothpaste. Like you left the cap off. That's blaming and it's a bit passive aggressive. And that is an indication that you're angry about something. So rather than attacking that person, and that's what blaming is, it's attacking another human being, maybe step back and think to yourself what it is that you're angry about, what it is that you've been triggered about, what desire hasn't been met, what is it that you're afraid of. And that's a really, really good point, Stephen. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, and that's not to say that another person hasn't maybe done something. I mean, there's this, there's always two sides to everything. And there's, that's important to acknowledge that if someone is doing something harmful mm-hmm. and, and you're angry about it. You have okay, every right to be. You have every right to be angry. Okay. But it is your responsibility to deal with. However, you also may have to address the action that the other person is carrying out and say, well, this is actually not, this is not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking you to stop. Now, that's one example. I mean, there's so many factors and spectrums and everything else about how you deal with other people who are engaging in harmful behavior. But acknowledging your own anger and your own responsibility to deal with that anger is very good. And I think, Batman, that, that what you said about stepping back is very good. That's that's the way I was trained. You would step back and you would go, how is this affecting me? You know, what is what is going on here? And then when you're not in a space where you're in rage, that you can go and communicate to a person. Uh, and that's very good. So some of the strategies that I I would use, uh, say, in relationships with my wife, uh, we are in a very stressful relationship. We have uh, a child who's she's married to you. Autism spectrum. Yep, she's married to me. Um, And and we over the years have acknowledged that we are not actually that angry at each other, but we take out our anger and frustration because often enough, the people that we love the most are the people we're the most angry with. Um, because in in a weird kind of way, we feel safe enough to be angry with them, and that's you know that that's that's a hard thing to acknowledge, but it is true. So one of the things that that my wife and I do is that we text each other. Um, we don't actually have a conversation straight off about something if we're really angry. If we've had a fight, we would text each other. And one of the things that we we began to say, begin the conversation with, is I don't want to fight. And it's really, really good because it is an intentional thing. Mm. Like if I want to have a fight with her, uh, I'll go have a fight. But if I don't actually want to have a fight, then it's it's saying, well, look, I want to communicate my way through this. And she mightn't respond to me for a a day, do you know what I mean? Or Mm -hmm. half a day or whatever. And then she'll come back and say, well, I don't want to fight either. So what are we talking about here? And we'll start communicating via text. It's just an easier way of dealing with the heightened emotion and, not in front of the person. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because they're, they have to have time to deal with their stuff. You have to have time to deal with your stuff. And it's too easy to trigger. It's too easy to push more buttons in what you say, you know? Um, I would look at anger as an energy more than an emotion. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like anger is the kind of suppression of something else, as you've said. Like, if there's either a, des- a fear or there's a, a desire for something. And when I was doing transpersonal counseling, the, the guy who was teaching me was often like, you'd be like, I'm so fucking angry. And he'd be like, yeah, what's behind that? 
And he was like, almost like not acknowledging the anger. He was like, what's, what's underneath? Mm. And you'd sort of have to dig deeper underneath. And often there was a feeling of sadness underneath it. So we use anger sometimes to hide our feelings as well. Like, do you know what I mean? It's very easy to be angry. Mm. It's less easy to sit in feelings that are, you know, sad or grieving or other things like that, you know? So, um, yeah, I, w I would sort of see that. Am I rambling? No, you're making complete sense. Okay. So I would see that, that having space to process mm. is very, very important. Another few things that I do is I scream in the car, do that a lot. Uh, it's great driving down a highway or a whatever we call it. The, uh, what's our national road called? The M50. The M50. Driving down the M50, having a scream, mm. very cathartic, mm. really, really good. And then um, when my kids were younger, one of the things that I would do is I would take a towel and I would wrap the towel and I would squeeze the towel and I would strangle the towel. Right? Yep. And, and better I would than just strangling put, bird. better than strangling anyone. I would just strangle the towel. Mm. And it was actually a really, really, um, as a man, mm. I think we, you know, men and violence, it's a thing. It is, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We got we to gotta acknowledge this. Society doesn't like us being violent. That's absolutely fine. But it's kind of built into us because we need to protect, we need to hunt, we need to do a lot of things. Um, or we did need to do these things. Um, and we still have the holdover from that, you know? Um, so yeah, causing violence to a towel as opposed to another human being, that was a, it's really good. Also, really, it's really very good. good practice for your tenuchi. Very good for your tenuchi. Uh, tenuchi yeah. is everything that happens inside of the hands and how you grip a weapon. Yeah. And we're always told about wringing towels. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, but I would say that the first thing you have to do is take responsibility for your own anger. And, and it's great that you're saying, and I agree with you completely, that anger is just a part of life. Yeah. You know, it doesn't actually have to be the biggest deal in the world. You can simply acknowledge it. And, you know, uh, now outside of, I would put rage in a different category and we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. We can talk about passive aggressive as well, I get a bit more as well. But I would certainly say that that acknowledging anger and, and giving it space is, is so healthy. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, that is a big part of our culture that we have missed out on. As you said, we're, we're not taught this. We're not taught to give our feelings and our emotions space to breathe. Yeah. Um, we're trying to box in the roots of our anger and our feelings. And if you do that, you're either going to kill the plant or you are going to break the pot. Um, so we have to provide and facilitate space for our emotion, particularly space for our anger and have important conversations around that and to go, well, why are you angry? Do you have valid reasons for it? What need is not being met and can we meet that need for you? Um, what, is it that you want and can we meet that for you? What is it that you're afraid of and can we reassure you and take action to make sure that that fear does not come to pass? If you can do that, well, we'd solve an awful lot of our problems. Um, but that's not how we structured our society. We structured it with repression, particularly in Ireland as a whole. Um, particularly with women 
women are not allowed to express anger. Um, and that's a big, big problem in our society. As you were saying, for men, we've got a problem with violence, but we're socially allowed to explode and to be angry. That is kind of a prerogative of manliness. We're allowed to shout and scream and get very bullshy about things. Um, women generally are not given that freedom and they should be, they should be allowed to be angry and they should be given avenues to express that anger just as well as men. And here's the thing. Women have a much higher emotional competency skill set than men because they have been told you're not allowed to show these feelings. You have to fit into this societal box of what it is to be a woman in our society. And so they have learned methods of regulating and dealing with their anger way better than most men have because most men don't need to do that. We can punch a wall. (laughs) We can strangle a towel. We can raid a footlocker. Um, And that is, you know, what men do. Um, And there's a wonderful, wonderful example of this again in modern culture. And it comes back to the Hulk, right? Uh, Season one of She-Hulk. So Jennifer Walters, female lawyer, has been uh, infected with Bruce Banner's blood and has now gamma radiation and can turn into a Hulk, a giant rage machine. And Bruce is just like, okay, Jen, we got to do all of this work. You know, it took me years to be able to control my, you know, thing. And she does it literally in 10 seconds. And he's just like, what? And she's just like, Bruce, I'm a woman. I deal with regulating my anger all the time, 24 seven, right? I can't turn around and punch the guy in the face who cat called me or wolf whistled me in the construction site on the way to work. I can't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm a woman. So I've been learning to control my anger forever since day one. And he's just like, Oh, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. No, it is a good point. Thank you for listening to Fighting Tengu. We want you to know that all of the opinions expressed here are our own and do not represent the thoughts, feelings, and ideas of our teachers. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and check out the website fightingtengu.com for articles and help sheets and more information on the subjects discussed here. 